Hello, welcome to the Holiness Preaching Online Podcast. Grab your Bible and listen to God's voice through our anointed Pentecostal holiness ministers as they deliver the burning message on their hearts. Thank you for your support. I just want to say uh, before we get started, what a great honor that it is um, to be able to minister to uh, you today. And uh, I want to compliment you young folks, um, the way that you all look, the way you dress. Uh, There's just a fine group of young folks and uh, God's church is going on. And um, I just want to compliment you uh, for, for staying with the old time way. And I have been very encouraged uh, at what I have seen. Of course, I'm out front an hour or so early watching you all walk by and seeing your conduct and your attitude and uh, the way that you look and represent yourself in the house of the Lord. And I can tell how much you all love the Lord. And um, I want you to know that I love you and I'm for you. And I'm proud of you, and I'm glad that you're serving God. And uh, everything that we do here is just to give an opportunity for God to touch you and to help you. And we as the board want you to know, and all these preachers that are here and pastors that have came to, to support, we just want you to know that we love you and we're for you. Amen? Amen. Praise God. All right. We're going to talk about accountability. This is not a... uh, a favorite subject for us, but uh, I'm going to try to help you this morning if you uh, will just tune in for a few minutes. Uh, Let's turn to Genesis chapter number 3, and we'll begin reading at verse number 6. And if you've got it, please stand with us for the reverence of the reading of the word of the Lord. Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 6. The Bible said, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open. And they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said, Where art thou? thou. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, the woman whom thou gavest to be with me 
She gave me of the tree, and I did eat. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Accountability is still in style. Praise God. The first question that God asked man was this. Where are you? Amen. Strong's confirms in the original Hebrew that it means more than just where are you. In the Hebrew, the word is A-H-Y-I-N, which means where or hence how are you. In other words, how are you? What are you? Whence are you? Where are you? Whether are you? Which way are you? God was interrogating Adam and making him accountable. Amen. Do we honestly think that an omniscient, all-knowing God didn't know where Adam was? Amen. God knew he was just holding Adam accountable. Somebody say, God knows. God knows. Amen. It is important for us to understand this truth. That God held Adam accountable not to control his free will. But God said to Adam, Adam where art thou? To force him to come face to face with himself and the decisions that he had made. Amen. I believe from the beginning God wanted his creation to be accountable. Now accountability was a first principle that was set up by God. And before he set up the Ten Commandments, he set up accountability. Before he set up tithing, he set up accountability. Before he set up the ministry, he set up accountability. Before he set up the church, he set up accountability. And I believe he did this first because he wanted accountability to be executed in all the other areas in man's life. Amen. And so he would be setting up accountability in our conduct, accountability in our giving, accountability in our marriages. When you guys get married and for those here that are married, accountability in the ministry and accountability in the church. But what did Adam say? I want you to notice this. Adam said, but I I was afraid and, 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 and I was naked and... And, and I hid, and, and the woman that you gave me, amen, we by the Adamic nature don't want to be accountable or see ourselves for what we really are. We just want to point fingers. We want to point fingers, don't we? Amen. You made me afraid. I was naked. Amen. Uh, the, the woman that you gave me, God, it's your fault that this happened. Why is it that we always point fingers and never thumbs? It's always going this way. Well, she said, well, he done, well, they did, well, this is the reason I'm the way that I am. Well, the pastor said this. And listen, I want to tell you something. It would do us good as God turned the tables on Adam and you need to point the thumb and the thumb always points back at good old uh, me, old me, number one. Amen. Hallelujah. There was a man that, that stole chickens, and, and so uh, he got caught. 
And uh, they took him before the judge. And the judge said, we're going to sentence you to seven days in jail for stealing these chickens. And uh, the thief said, well, judge, I've just got one thing to say. He said, uh, my spirit really didn't want to do it, but my hands and my arms and my body just went over there and stole those chickens. And the judge said, well, I will consider that. Let's do this. I'm going to sentence your body to seven days in jail, and you can do whatever you want to with your spirit. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Excuses are the enemies of accountability. And we have excuse factories in this country, and we, we do not need them in the church. Amen. Hallelujah. Accountability is an English word that was coined in 1375. It is made up of two words, account and ability. Account means an oral or written description of a particular event or situation. An explanatory statement of conduct as to a superior. And then the second word, ability, means power or capacity to do or act physically, mentally, legally, morally, or financially. In other words, if I could tell you this morning in short, you will give account for everything you do or what you should have done that you didn't do. Amen. Matthew chapter 12 and verse number 36 says, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. I just want you to know that if you're here this morning, that everything that you do, you're going to give account for in judgment. You may avoid it now. You may skirt the pastor. You may skirt your parents. You may avoid uh, 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 civil authorities. But I want you to know someday we will not be able to, to, to avoid Almighty God. You will be accountable unto Him. Amen. And just as a side note this morning, if you're texting during church, if you're sending memes... And, and gifts and, and while the man of God is preaching and, and maybe he stumbles over his words or he says something that's, you know, a little funny and you grab your phone and you send a meme across, you shouldn't do that. You're going to stand in judgment. Amen. How many of you know that the men of God walk in shoe leather just like all of you do? We're not infallible. We make mistakes. And I want you to know, you better not put your hands on the things of God. You better leave your hands off the things of God. It's not funny. It's not cute. It's not cool. Amen. You shouldn't do that. You should be accountable. Amen. Because you're going to stand in judgment for every idle word that you say. So I have three points that I want to give you. And, uh, and I'll be done. But the three points are a trending culture. A twisted view, but a trusted contributor. Amen. A trending culture in 2 Timothy 4 and verse number 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Now, I always had a problem processing this as a young person, but I, because I thought 
you know, it said teachers having itching ears, but I thought the congregation would be the one having the itching ears, and they wanted to hear a certain thing. And so, you know, you know, passing out sugar cookies and just going over and, you know, scratching their itching ears, saying, oh, I'm preaching what you want. You feel better now? <laughs> but it said the teachers have the itching ears. So what that means is that the ones that are in the front, amen, the ones who are doing the teaching, they don't go where people don't want them to go. And so you'll come by and say, oh, that was great. Boy, you did good. That was awesome preaching this morning. You did so wonderful. And listen, I thank God that the holiness movement still has men of God that will stand without fear or favor and tell you what's right, whether you like it or not. And listen, you need to embrace those who are willing to tell you the truth amen hallelujah oh yes we don't want teachers that have itching ears but this is why these teachers having itching ears that so called churches are popping up with no accountability no responsibility no sincerity no biblical foundation with biblical doctrines young people listen to me Those are not churches. Those are clubs. They're no different than the Masons, than the Squirrels, than the Geese, than whoever the club is. They're no different. Amen. And they here's what they say. As long as you check in every now and then, as long as you pay your dues, I mean your tithes, as long as you carry your mint condition Bible, in every Sunday and it doesn't look worn because you haven't touched it all week as long as you're loyal to the brotherhood and to the brand name what you do otherwise is your business that's not church young people that's a club this trending culture doesn't want a pastor they want a six foot pacifier in the pulpit to tell them how good they are every Sunday they don't want the truth they want us to be tolerant they don't want leadership they want lazy boys they don't want to connect with God they want to connect with one another they don't want a man of God they want a hand selected hireling that will do what they say they don't want a holy anointing they want hyped emotion they don't want doctrine they want diversity they don't want accountability they want plausible deniability but I want you to know accountability is still in style hallelujah the mega churches are growing you can come and go with no questions asked three services a month is good with them because they're more into nickels and noses instead of disciples and doctrine Amen. One young man came to me from another local church and he told me his work schedule and he said, you know, I'm at, I'm at every Sunday morning service, but I sleep in on Sunday night and go to bed early because I got to be at work at 3.30 on Monday morning and I never make Wednesday night. Is that all right with you? And I said, no, it's not all right. You got a job problem. You need to be in church with your family. And he said, well, the pastor that I just came from, from this other hole in this church... He said, when I told that pastor that, he said he looked at me and said, well, looks like my pay's going up because your tithe's going up because you're working more. It's fine with me. I want to tell you something. That's not fine. That's a hireling. 
And I can stand flat-footed and tell y'all something in this service this morning. If you've got a pastor who wants you to be in the house of God and wants you to be faithful and wants you to be involved, you better thank God every day that you've got somebody holding you accountable. Hallelujah. Secondly is a twisted view. 1 Timothy 4 verse number 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Oh, yeah. How many of you know the devil don't like what the Lord has been speaking to his people from this pulpit this week? Brother Blevins, Brother Gallagher, these other brothers that preach so well, the devil don't like it. You know why? Because it's holding that spirit accountable. There's a twisted, perverted view on accountability. It is a demonic thought process that has unfortunately made it into some of our lives and maybe into some of our churches. And this is it. If the pastor, the leadership, or your parents hold you accountable for your actions, that they're toxic. That they're controlling. That they're extreme. That they're overbearing. That they're tyrannical. That they're a dictator. If they hold you accountable, they're a manipulator and they're a narcissist. You know what that is? It's just an excuse for us not wanting to be accountable. I want to stand here flat-footed and declare that this thought originated in hell. It was fertilized in the spirit of rebellion and incubated in a carnal heart. Yet it has gained a foothold on some of our young people and especially in young adults. I'm noticing it more in young adults in the holiness movement. Listen. Just because you're held accountable does not mean you're being controlled. What it means is you're being led and you're being loved. It's called leadership. Somebody say leadership. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Someone said, well, this blogger said. Well, this Instagram influencer said. Well, this Facebook post said. Well, do you know what that YouTube preacher said? Well, this website came out with this. Well, here's my question to this generation. Do you want to know what God said? I'm asking you. I'm your friend. I'm in your corner. Do you want to know what God said? Hallelujah. The, the, the thing that I'm seeing in this hour is you guys know what everybody else is saying, what every YouTube preacher is saying, what every blog is saying, what every influencer is saying. But don't you forget, there's only one thing that matters, and that's what God said in his word. You're not going to stand before an influencer on Instagram, and you're not going to stand before a Facebook post but you're going to stand before almighty God that's who you need to be worrying about what he said when he said in Hebrews 13 17 obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they must give account 
that they may do it with joy and not with grief. Listen, this, this platform full of ministers who have given themselves... Amen. To preach to you, to love you, and your youth pastor, and your pastor. They have given themselves to minister to you, knowing good and well that when we stand before God in the judgment, we will give account of those souls that He has placed under our leadership. So would you help us? And would you be accountable? Because we want to do it with joy and not with grief. If you backslide and you go out of here and you never come back to PFYC after this year, it doesn't make us happy. It grieves us. We need you. We want you. We love you. The holiness movement needs you. And we're proud of you, of the decisions that you're making. But you need to be accountable. Just because you're asked to be faithful to your position that you agreed to feel doesn't mean your leadership is a dictator when they hold your feet to the fire. It means you're being pastored. Just because someone preaches something you don't like doesn't mean the pulpit is weaponized. What it means is the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit of the joints and marrow. And it is a, is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The pulpit's not being, I've seen it weaponized before. But not among these people. Listen, I want you to know, amen, the word of God is going to cut. But it's going to cut out the things in your life you don't need. It's going to cut out the friends you don't need. It's going to cut out the conversation you don't need. Oh, hallelujah. Listen, I want you to know this morning, don't be offended when the word cuts. Thank God that he cuts the cancer, hallelujah, out of your life. Glory to God. Just in case anyone missed the memo... I am opposing this twisted view that is invading and infesting our holiness churches. Amen. Well, after the controlling comments, you know, they're just controlling. Then comes the ultimate slam when you start holding somebody accountable. And the poison starts spewing when they say, after you've held them accountable, they'll say, Well, what is this? A cult? If you think it is a cult, you better make sure that what you're saying is right before you speak against the people and the men of God. That terminology should not be thrown around lightly. Amen. I'm in your corner. I'm not mad at you. I'm just warning you. Because this generation is saying things that are sa- against things that are sacred that we should be careful with. Amen. I have a question for you. And you guys are the smartest people in the, in the world. You're the best people there are. But is your boss at work a cult leader because he expects you to be at work in time, on time, every time? Oh, he's a cult leader. But when your pastor expects you to be in time, on time, every time, I tell you, this is just totally bizarre. I mean, who does he think he is? He thinks he owns us or something? Listen, I want to tell you something. Don't have a double standard. And I'm not for organized sports. I want to tell you, some of you that are in it, you'll give your coach respect. 
You'll do what he said. You'll be 10 minutes early. You'll sit on the bench and never complain once. And you'll honor him and say, coach this and coach that. And you look down your nose at your pastor. I want to tell you something. Amen. You ought to honor the men of God in your life and be accountable to them. Hallelujah. Stand with us, God. Amen. How many of you love Chick-fil-A? No, no, no. I'm glad you're standing. I didn't ask you to stand, but thank you for standing. Wow, guys, this is amazing. I just said stand with us, and they did. Amen. I got a response right away. You are being accountable. My goodness. We'll give them a good hand. By By the showing of hands, how many of you... You love Chick-fil-A. All right. Just give a good holler if you love Chick-fil-A. Yeah, that's most of us. All right. So so let's just say, how many of you, I, I want you to holler if you eat at Chick-fil-A at least three times a week. Woo! I'm, I'm one of them, all right? So for those of us who eat Chick-fil-A three times a week, does that mean Chick-fil-A is a cult? Well, that's debatable. <laughs> it's not a cult. It's a restaurant. And just because you have to be, you want to be at church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, every night of revival at PFYC, at your youth camp, does not mean you're part of a cult. It means you're being accountable and you're being dedicated. And I want to tell a generation, you can do this. Oh, hallelujah. Is your teacher at school a cult leader when they hand you a tardy slip to remind you that being late is not acceptable, that it's rude? Oh, they're a cult leader. But if your pastor said, you know, I've noticed that you guys regularly come in late. Is there an issue? And they're like, yeah, we just can't seem to get here. Just leave five minutes earlier. He's not a cult leader. Because he needs you to be in place to start service. And you come in late and disrupt the presence and the spirit of God. I know there's things that happen. But listen, I want you to know it's not cultish just because there's a start time. Hallelujah. If I were to tell you this list that I'm getting ready to read is a requirement to attend the first Pentecostal church of anywhere. Just put your church name there. Would you think that they were a little cultish? All right? Let me read it to you. Number one, our dress code is suit up, blazers, or jackets are required. Number one. Did I lose any of you? Okay, good. Everybody's still with me. Number two, our dress code expressly forbids cargo pants... Along with jeans, mini skirts, leggings, and hot pants. Did I lose anybody? Okay, good. Number three, our dress code expressly prohibits loud colors and wild designs at all times. Number four, get ready, young people. Brace yourself. Cell phones are prohibited. Oh, it's got to be a cult. Got to be a cult. If this were posted and published in the church foyer of your church... It would be labeled a right-wing, brainwashed extremist cult. Amen. And the pastor would be a dictator. That's what they would say. 
But what if I told you that this is the list of rules for the Masters Golf Tournament? Your pastor is not a dictator. Your youth pastor is not extreme. If it's reasonable at the clubhouse, it's reasonable in the church house. If it's reasonable for golf, it's reasonable for God. I want somebody in this house to know that they've been whispering in your ear and telling you, you don't need to do all that stuff. God is raising up a generation of those that are accountable that he can anoint. Well, preacher, I don't like accountability. Well, I, I, I want to borrow some of the terminology from Brother Dwayne Gallagher, whom I esteem highly and love his preaching. One of my favorites. But when you say you don't like accountability, that's baloney. That's hogwash. If you don't think accountability is necessary, then I want you to get your debit card out, go to the island down here after service, hand it to some random person, And tell them just buy whatever you want. Send it back to me when you're done. If you don't believe in accountability, have a hundred keys made to your house and hand them out in the bad part of town. If you don't believe in accountability, guys, tell your sweet little girlfriend she can date whoever she wants when you're at work. If (laughs) If you don't believe in accountability, girls... Tell, just, just tell your boyfriend he can go to lunch with whoever he wants while you're away shopping. You do believe in accountability. Yeah. Don't tell me you don't believe in accountability. As a matter of fact, you love accountability. And I'll prove it. If you live on a street with a drug dealer and the state police come and arrest him and hold him accountable for his actions, you're like, oh, thank you. We love you. Thank you for what you do. You do love accountability. Amen. If a drunk driver hits your family member head on and they pass away and the judge sentences the drunk driver to life in prison, you would be most thankful to the judge that held the drunk who killed your loved one accountable. You do love accountability. You may say you despise accountability, but what you're really saying is, I hate anybody that holds me accountable for what I do. That's really what you're saying. I need to move on quickly. Listen, young people, you need to be accountable with your phone. Treat it with respect like you do electricity, a rattlesnake, or a loaded gun. I do realize that it probably can't do any harm to your physical body, but it can do eternal damage to your soul. And if you get nervous with your youth pastor, your parents, or your sanctified friend, when they pick that phone up and you feel angst and anxiety because you, you, you're worried about what they're going to see, you need to start using that phone differently. Amen. The same thing that you're nervous about someone seeing if they pick up your phone is the same thing that will make you miss the rapture and the coming of the Lord. You hear me? You need to take care of some things today. You need to be accountable with your post. Everything you post is a digital tattoo. You can erase it. You can delete it. You can bleach it. You can smash it. But just ask Hillary Clinton. They can still find it. There will be a screenshot of it somewhere. 
And someday you might be a missionary or an evangelist or a preacher's wife or a deacon or a Sunday school teacher. And you don't need your foolish teenage decision to be on someone's social media page saying, this is what they used to do. You need to keep your resume clean and be accountable and be available for God's use to keep your record as clean as you can. You need to be accountable with your post. And the best way to do that is don't post at all. Moving on quickly. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Be accountable with your texting and your conversation. Make sure everything you say that you wouldn't mind if it was repeated. Because it will be. I've lived long enough to know that it may take five minutes, five months, or five years. But when the person privy to the information gets caught in the right circumstance. I'm not talking about in confidence with your pastor. I'm just talking about just putting it out there. It will be repeated. The information will come back. So don't say anything you would not mind being repeated. Saved young people. I'm talking about being accountable with your texting and conversation. Saved young people should not be sexting. That is sin. Saved young people should not be sending suggestive pictures, perverted innuendos, quotes from movies. My question is, if you don't watch movies, how do you know what the quotes are? Listen, young people, don't feel the peer pressure that when somebody compromises and sends some funny thing from a movie, don't feel pressure to have to send a thumbs up or a LOL. You ought to say, how did you know that? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo, it is quiet in here now. I just felt all of you, half of you about fall off the wagon. Jump back on real quick with me. I got to finish this. Hallelujah. You should not be running down your authority. You should not be bad-mouthing your pastor. You should not be texting during church. You should not be uh, uh, checking your Facebook updates or football scores, basketball scores, or any scores for that matter during church. Are you going to treat the Holy Ghost and Jesus Christ and God the Father with such disrespect that you just... I want to know what the Roll Tide score is. Listen, it ain't going to matter if you know or not, but it will matter if you get into the presence of God and the Holy Ghost saturates you. It could be a life-changing event for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Any parents that are here, if your child can't control it, amen, make them accountable till they can be. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You should not be on your phone all hours of the night, young people. That is not, that is not a good thing. Because when you get tired and you get sleepy, listen, your defenses come down. When it's quiet and mom and dad's in bed and you've got that phone, young men, it's just you and that phone. Nobody else. And the enemy comes in and said, they'll never know it. God knows it. Because God is the one who promotes. And it doesn't matter if nobody else knows. If he knows, game over. I said to the players, game over. If he knows, hallelujah. 
You need accountability with your phone. It would do you well as we do with our children as they get up to driving age. My wife and I, I'm not saying this is perfect, but I'm just throwing this out there as a thought. Amen. When it comes nighttime, they lay their phones in a public place out in the kitchen. They don't take them into the rooms because, the, as Paul said, I have no confidence in the flesh. Somebody said, are your kids saved and filled with the Holy Ghost? Yes, they are. But I have no confidence in the flesh. And you shouldn't put confidence in your flesh. You've got to trust God and the Word of God and the men of God in your life to hold you accountable. It will take you through. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Moving on quickly. Accountability to your pastor. If you're not going to be at church, you need to let the pastor know. Somebody look at somebody close to you and say, let the pastor know. Now, if they didn't do it, they probably are one that don't let the pastor know. Just so you know. How many of you, if you worked at Walmart, you call the manager at Target... And say, oh, I'm sick, I'm not coming in today. And he says right away, okay, I'll call the manager over at Walmart and let him know you're not coming. Young people, we were born at night, but not last night. Don't call your buddy and say, hey, let Brother Ralston know. I'm not going to be there. I'm a little under the weather. I got a sore throat. and I'm going to go play nine holes, but I don't want to infect anybody. All right, y'all. You say you're being a little smart. I I want you to know I'm being sarcastic with you. Keep you awake because I know you stayed up late. Amen. Don't tell your mama. Mama, will you tell the pastor I'm not feeling good? No. This is not children's church, y'all. They're over there. Well, I'm going to call Brother So-and-so. He's a little bit easier to talk to. And he's not going to give me a hard way to go for missing. So I'm going to call the other minister in the church and have him to tell the pastor, listen, be accountable to your pastor. Because when we start service and you're not in your seat, we instantly start worrying. Not about everyone who's made it, but those who haven't. We wonder where you are. If you're in a ditch somewhere. We wonder if you if you backslid between Wednesday and Sunday. We wonder if you're sick and in the hospital. We need to know. Amen. Not to control you, but because God is holding us accountable to hold you accountable. Amen. And so when you be accountable to your pastor, he can then be accountable to God for you. Hallelujah. That's the way God set it up. Oh, I got to hurry. I got to hurry. And do it with respect. It is disrespect to wait till your pastor is in the service and then call him or text him and say, oh, oh, I... I'm sorry, Pastor. This is a little late. Hello. You knew we were in the pulpit and couldn't answer your call. Do better than that. And if you can and you're not too sick, it'd be better not to just have a text if you'd call them and let them speak into your lives because they might pray for you and the Lord might touch you and you might be able to come on to church. Yeah, hallelujah. Well, I'm moving on quickly. At least have the decency to call when you can't be there. And a little side note here. Phrases like this. Dude, buddy, pal, man, or a first name basis. You shouldn't do that. Talk to your friends that way. 
But when you're talking to a man of God or a leader, someone accountable for you, they should be pastor so-and-so or brother so-and-so or whatever that they want you to call them. They're not your dude. They're not your buddy. They love you. They're your pastor or or their brother so-and-so. Amen. Moving on. If he, if he has placed confidence in you and gave you opportunity to serve in the church, at least have the decency, amen, to call him when you can. Somebody said, well, when I'm a pastor, then I'll be accountable. When I'm teaching a class, I'll do it then, pastor. When I'm asked to be in the choir or the youth pastor, I'll be accountable then. No, you won't. You don't have a position problem. You've got a character problem. And as Sister Beth Ralston said so well, if you have a character issue past 30, you're probably not going to beat it. So get it in line before you get there. Hallelujah. I'm in trouble, Brother Ralston. Amen. If you can't be accountable yourself, how can you expect God to put others under you who would be accountable to you? Through the years, I've heard young people come to me and say, why don't y'all ever use me for a solo? Why don't you ever use me in the choir? For starters, you lay out a church for everything under the sun and you never let your choir director know. You're AWOL. You're absent without leave. Every other weekend, you're a king-sized excuse factory. Well, they're making me work. Well, my cousins are in this weekend. Well, Aunt Bertha has a 53rd birthday and she only turns 53 one time. Yeah, she turns 54 next year and you're going to do it again. Well, I've been fevering. Well, I've got the allergies. And, and I love this one. Well, we'll be praying for y'all. We'll be there in spirit. Wow, that's comforting. Your spirit don't fill an empty pew. Your spirit can't sing a solo. Your spirit can't say amen. Your spirit can't pray in the altar. Your spirit can't play your instrument. Your spirit can't run your bus route. Your spirit, hallelujah, can't back the preacher. So you want to play music in the church, but you're at Branson one weekend, visiting friends another weekend. The next weekend you went to another church that, you know, you just, yeah, anyway, I'm moving on. Hallelujah. And then you're out sick the third weekend with a toothache, and then you had a sports game on youth rally, and you wonder why we don't use you. We need people who are accountable. Amen. Here's another one. I'm almost done. Well, I'm called to preach, but I've only been used once all year. But listen, as gently as I can say it, you come in late half the time. You come in unkept. You have two two days of growth on your chinny-chin-chin. You come in in gym clothes. You don't back anyone else while they're up. You, you work during revivals. You don't work the altars. You never pray in the altars. You don't do jail ministry. You won't preach in the nursing homes. You won't visit the elders. And you wonder why you'll never, you never get used. What are, we, are we supposed to take you seriously when you're not taking yourself seriously? To all you young people who want to be in the ministry, if you'll take yourself seriously first and take God seriously, everything else will fall in place and God will use you. Can somebody shout amen? 
Here's one other quick one. Well, I went to Bible school and I should be teaching a class. But the pastor keeps overlooking me. Listen, since you got back home and you knew more than everybody else did and you don't even come to Sunday school now, how can you teach something that you don't come to? Oh, I'm in trouble now. First and last, here we are. Last week you were uh, caught creating drama on social media that the pastor had to clean up. And you want to teach? For when the time that ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And ye are become of such that have need of milk and not of strong meat. The old Pentecostal Assembly of God preacher C.M. Ward said, With greater responsibility comes greater accountability. Young people, the problem is not your pastor. The problem is not your parents. The problem is not your authority. It's your actions. Don't blame your actions, amen, on the ones who are holding you accountable. Amen. My last point and my shortest point. We're almost done. A, twist, a, a trusted contributor. Luke 16.10 He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. You may not be the best singer. You may not be the best speaker. You may not be the most talented. But if you'll stay accountable and you'll stay faithful and you'll stay available, there will come a time when the first class, hand-selected, certified, personally picked people will be at a family reunion. There will come a time when all the great singers are out singing somewhere else. And all the flaming evangelists are hundreds of miles away. And every Sunday school teacher come down from the flu from being in the Sunday school class with the sick kids last weekend. And your leader's going to look to you and say, they've been here. They've been faithful. They live pure. They live right. It's time. Get in the game. Let's go. Here's your opportunity. I want to tell you, young people, don't be discouraged in your waiting. But you wait your turn. And you be accountable. And you let God promote you. Because promotion cometh not from the east nor from the west. But the Bible said, promotion cometh from the Lord. Wally Pipp anchored the New York Yankees as pennant winners in 1921-1922 and the championship in 1923. He was coming off a career year in 1924 when he hit, 209, hit 295 with nine home runs, 114 RBIs, and an American, leading, American League leading 19 triples. At the close of play on June 2nd, 1925, Pip told manager Huggins that he had a headache and Huggins replaced him with a young benchwarmer named Lou, put him in the lineup. This man's name was Lou Gehrig. And Lou didn't sit down for 15 years. 2,130 games later, the greatest hitter to ever play the game sat down. Wally Pip was replaced over a headache and I want you to know you just stay faithful and God will get you where you belong 
Somebody that believes that will lift your hands and say, I believe if I'm accountable, I'll believe he'll get me where I belong. Come on, lift your hands. Would you stand all over the house? I believe God has a means of getting me where I need to go. Hallelujah, Lord. In this house this morning, there are young people who have a desire to serve you, and they want to be better. And I ask that the Spirit of the Holy Ghost would allow this seed to be planted in their heart. In the name of Jesus, let the Spirit of God minister to our young people God you're raising them up we're proud of them but God some of them need to be a little more accountable than they're being because you've got big plans for them and God we're creating the platforms and the opportunities and God you're getting them ready to do your work and we praise you and we thank you for a strong holy doctrinally sound generation that's going to make a difference in this last day in the name of Jesus. Could we give the Lord honor this morning? Let's give him a good hand clap of praise. Thank you. Hi, thank you for listening to the Holiness Preaching Online Podcast. We hope this sermon encouraged you. If you would like to send us audio sermons to be played on the podcast or put on our website, please contact us. You can send us an email at hpoministries at gmail.com. Please tell your friends and family about our podcast. Also, leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. Once again, thanks for your support. May God richly bless you.